Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. This is Aurelien. I'm here with Glenn, glennsutherland.com and Darcy, darcywhite.ca. Today we will be discussing can you retire on rental cash flow only? Uh, <laughs> yeah, who wants to go first? Well, I just want to pose the question, right? Because if you um, you read all these books, it's just like reverse engineer what you need to leave your job. And it's like, we if you uh, make $100,000 a year and each rental property does, you know, $1,000 and you need 60, it just, they just do super simple math and just reverse engineer mm -hmm. it and you leave your job. Um, whereas that's where I want to talk about. I want to be yeah. like, how realistic is this? Can people actually do this? <laughs> I, my, my qualified answer would be maybe, except here's the thing, the uh, allowable, uh, in, so say, say you have a portfolio of a bunch of uh, uh, rental apartments. The allowable increase, if you maintain them full with the same tenant in it, without any turnover, uh, falls way behind the, infl the actual inflation rate. In Canada, we have indexed inflation, and they throw out the things that are highly volatile, like gas prices like insurance, like property taxes, all those things are variable and they're not part of that index. And they're the ones that actually affect your rental incomes. So you could have a full portfolio at the age 65 of say for 50 units, but over time, inflation is gonna beat away at that. Now your building may go up in value in the market, but you can't sell your porch or your front left corner of the building to eat. <laughs> Right? Yeah. It's the only way, and your rental incomes are actually going to stagnate, and they might increase in some jurisdictions by 1.1% per year if you can jump on them and you're really on top of it. Um, so, not a, actually, no, sort of, but sort of no. You're going to need something a little bit more than that, from my experience. What do, what, do you, what do you guys think? That's the first one that came up the top of my head. Inflation is going to tear away at it. I think that when, when, you, when you start investing in real estate, it's very important to uh, look at the states in the US, the provinces in Canada, where there is uh, rental rent rent caps, because uh, that's, for me, it's a no-no. Typically, I don't invest in those provinces or uh, states so that I can, uh, I, can, I can let my rents increase with the market. And, mm. and I think it's all a numbers game. I think yes, of course, you can retire with cash flow, but uh, you know how much do you need as the down payment, and how many properties do you need to um, to 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 purchase? Because I know uh, I I've talked to a lot of owners from whom I've purchased who who've done it. You know they they had a portfolio, have grown the portfolio over the years, kept buying, and then and then they retired uh, on this or started living off of it. Um, it's all a numbers game. Um, I can't, I don't, real estate is not a get rich quick scheme. So be ready to, to be, you know, be patient. Like the saying goes, uh, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. Uh, it's typically going to take some time. So uh, don't believe the get rich quick schemes uh, of, uh, of whatever mm -hmm. you do. promise you, you're going to leave your job right away with one, uh, one property. Um, uh that's that's not gonna that's not yeah gonna it won't work well where, where my mind went too is like a lot of people will they they base it on perfect numbers of a property mm -hmm. um you gotta factor in your tenant turnover you gotta factor in you know air conditioners breaking um you know furnaces breaking um and i think it's not as simple of a calculation as you think 
I don't think it's like, hey, this property cash flows $300 a month, extrapolate that to a year and then multiply that or divide that by how much I need in order to live off of. And that's my number. Um, mm -hmm. That's It's a nice freedom number is what they like to call it. Um, but honestly, I think you need um, your cash flow to be much higher than that. I think it needs to be at least double what you need to live off of. Um, mm -hmm. yes. I think you need to use a, a good underwriting tool. Uh, if yeah. it's underwriting the issue, then you need to make sure you factor in vacancy and, and stress test your underwriting. Like, you know, go for higher vacancies, make sure that the interest rates can go. Uh, don't don't forget that the interest rates can can go higher quite quickly, like we've seen. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's going to be a more, a more complex thing. And you're going to need reserves. You're going to need reserve money. Like um, it could be a home equity line of credit that you have access to if something happens or something. I prefer cash. Um, you know, just as, you know, if something happens, like this is your, your life that you're living mm -hmm. off of, um, to rely completely on that rental income is kind of scary. I, I'd almost say you need double what you think you do. Um, yeah. just because, um, there's like real estate's an up and down, like you, some months you make a lot of cash flow, some stuff months you have something expensive break, um, and yeah. that, it really eats into it. So you need to have something to fill in those gaps and then the other months make more than what you really need to fill those gaps back in. <laughs> yeah. If you were able to look at, I, I, I thought of it this way as well. If you're able to look at the big, large scale commercial residential housing REITs that are doing this, you know, what kind of cash flow are they making? If you look through their Seder reports, which I honestly is really tedious and boring, but they do confirm these kind of numbers that your rents, you know, this is talking about apartment buildings. If you're, I would accept people out and say, hey, I bought a house that has a suite in it and I rent both halves and I get $3,000 a month and I get a spare $1,500 a month at the end of the day, which is actually a really good margin on that. And with that $1,500 of my CPP and my wife's pension, we can retire. That is a very different story than what I'm talking about. But if you're talking about, um, owning like say for instance, some real estate apartment buildings, here's the actual numbers. At the end of the day, if you're really operating very sharply and you're very aggressive and capable, you might see a five or a 6% cash on cash return. That's a $5 million asset with a $400,000 annual rent roll. And you're looking at um, maybe if you're really on top of it, 35 to $40,000 in cash, which is taxable. So that that is not a huge wage. That's a $20 an hour job. That's that's you working as a laborer again. That's equivalent to working as a laborer uh, driving a forklift in a non-union facility. So no, nobody's getting rich there. That's 40,000. That's nothing to sneer at, but that's what it is. You might get equity through principal repayment, which is around three to 5%. And the, the lower the interest rates go, the less that actually is because it's a small, small number. So there's your, there's the equity, but you can't spend that. And the third one is your property may increase in the market uh, through, you know, the building becomes worth more, or the, uh, the house becomes worth more. On average, over the last 400 years, they think that's somewhere around two to three to three and a half percent over the last 20 years. It's been much higher than that. There's outside forces on it. But you add all that up together and you're looking at 12% return and some of it you but can't spend. You're talking about, you just mentioned equity, right? When you're talking about yeah. depreciation, you can't eat equity. You can't, can't live spend off your porch. of it. You nope. don't get that till the end. And that's why I'm saying that that's different 
than the cash flow you're trying to live off of. Because that's I it. do live off of a lot of those chunks that come from sales, refinance, or refinance. So that's different. That's, that's yeah, that's different it. Money. That's that's my punchline. That's my punchline. <laughs> you can't live off the off the rents. At some point, and every one of these businesses, these real estate investment trusts that are in residential housing, they're ch they churn their portfolio. You see Boardwalk selling to Main Street, Main Street selling to Timber Creek, Timber Creek selling to Northern REIT. They all have to churn within the portfolio because they have to unlock that equity value in the market or the paid down principle over time. Yep. They, you can do it through more remortgaging, but then you're just raising your floor all the time in your mortgage. And you're really you're paying it goes forever. On the money that's in your bank account that you're using. You are indeed. <laughs> so in the end, actually, maybe not. And this is, a, I was lucky enough through, a, I may have mentioned this, I did mention this before in earlier podcasts. A mutual friend of mine I'm, that I know from someone else got me a, an hour's interview with Bob Dylan, who's the owner of Main Street Equities. Um, in his case, he's the one that points out, he says, listen, these other ones have to sell. They are not making money through rents and rents, like buying property and giving you yeah. um, returns through rents. They can't. There's not enough fat in it. They can't do it. He says, that's why I have an equity company and people are investing in my equity company because they believe I'm creating value. But they're not getting a cash on cash return, a dividend on their stocks because there's not enough money in it. And the only way that these other REITs are is because they're selling and churning four to five percent of their portfolio every single year. And if you want to know why the cost of these buildings is going up, because baked right into this whole process is every one of those REITs needs to turn a percentage of their portfolio every year to get a return. Who's getting that return? Well, the BC Teachers Federation and their retirement income is partly invested in this kind of REITs and real estate. So when you have people screaming about the high cost of housing, they have to realize that their very own real their very own uh, retirement plans are invested in this process that is a wheel that's creating this value. So I would say you probably can't and you got to be prepared to get your unlock your equity through refinance or through sale. That's the only way you're going to get there. Yeah. I I I think it's um at least for me the way I live off of this it's multiple streams of income. It's yeah, those chunks of cash that come in from refinances and sell, sales. It's you know other streams from earning money, referral fees, um, coaching, uh, lots and lots. Like I don't know, I probably have like ten or twenty different streams of income, right? Um, and you know, technically, a lot of them on their own could support me, but it that's that's that the risk is too high. Yeah. I don't think okay. that really too high because that's that's a bit of a generalization, you know. Okay, if, yeah, you're right. You're, that's fair. That's fair. Yes, in a market where there is no uh, cap on the rents, and you make sure there is not too much inventory. I think, you know, if you know your number and you don't have too much debt, that's one of the. I know lots of families that that are uh, real estate wealthy and uh, and real estate has made more millionaires. And I, I agree, you know, it's a lot of equity, not so much cash flow. So typically what I've seen people do in my business groups, um, they invest in real estate for wealth, equity and the, the balance sheet, the portfolio. But typically they invest in businesses on the side for cash flow. So I've seen I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. Yep. I would say that, you know, my business is property management. That's what pays me a wage. 
You know, I won't, uh, hmm. you know, when I retire, I won't have that. So it will entirely flip to um, equity, cash from uh, free cash from operations and and that and we'll, and we'll see, you know, in my case, I just kept thinking this won't be enough. So I just got to build a bigger and bigger pile. <laughs> also, to describe Glenn, it's a very, it's very, it's a very safe way to have different streams of income. is a very wise way to be, a, to be diversified, mm. and uh, and it makes you know you, you've created a community around yourself with so people that are interested in the same topic. So I think there is a lot of value in that too. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. And if you have any question you'd like us to cover, we're delighted uh, to do it. Email us at advancedreitalk at gmail.com. It's advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Sorry, I muted Darcy because I could hear his paper moving. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I move around a lot. This is hard. <laughs> <laughs>